Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Driving the Deal. I'm Brian Fortune with the Farragut Square Group. My colleague, Chris Whirling, a partner with McDermott, is, is out this week, but we have a special agenda in front of us today when uh, Farragut's own Director of Research, Jackie Williams, will be uh, interviewing Hope Amsterdam, one of our senior analysts, uh, with a quick look at what's been going on with some of the state budgets on Medicaid. We'll also be touching on things that have been happening on the reimbursement front for post-acute, and we'll end up with a discussion about uh, home health and changes looming for PDGM, or patient-driven groupings model, that uh, should be finalized coming up towards the end of this month. Thank you all for joining, and with that, I'm going to bring in Jackie Williams. Thank you. So, Hope, we've been talking to clients a lot about a variety of topics, including including state budgets. And states finalized their state fiscal year 2023 budgets. And in our July note, we highlighted several states and included material policies that they adopted. What major investments are states making in the near term? Yeah, that's right, Jackie. We did notice several uh, major investments that states were making for this year. Overall, though, we noticed that the majority of states had a lot of extra cash that they could spend. The federal government gave states a lot of money as a result of ARPA, the American Rescue Plan Act. Because of this, we saw states replenish rainy day funds, pay off debt, and shore up state pensions. We also saw some states make investments in healthcare. Both California and New York expanded Medicaid coverage to undocumented immigrants. Texas made significant investments in the intellectual and developmental disability space. The state invested money to reduce waiver, wait lists, and improve claims and data systems. And in Tennessee, we saw a large investment in dental. Tennessee lawmakers passed a $25.5 million adult dental benefit program for 600,000 state residents eligible for Medicaid. Reimbursement rates in the state will increase 6.2% for preventative, endontic, and other services. Those were the biggest trends Farragut saw coming out of the state budget cycle. And July final rulemaking was quite positive for post-acute and inpatient psych. Can you briefly outline the reimbursement adjustments for hospice, earths, and inpatient psych? Sure. First off, in all sectors, we saw a large improvement in rates from the proposed rule to the final result rule as a result of new economic data coming into the window. In fact, in many sectors that we looked at, market baskets increased a little over 1%. Hospice rates for fiscal year 23 will increase 3.8%, which is an increase in hospice payments of $825 million. For ERFs, rates will increase 3.2%, which is an increase in payments of $275 million. And for inpatient psych, Rates will increase 2.5%, an increase in payments of $90 million. Most of these increases are as a result of large market baskets that were proposed and finalized for CMS as a result of economic data trends that we are seeing because of inflation and high costs across the country. Thanks for that. And as a reminder, these rules that sit on the fiscal year calendar. Mm -hmm. They go into effect 
October 1 because they follow the federal calendar, correct? That is correct. All fiscal year rates will begin October 1st of this year. And so that would include sectors like hospice, ERFs, and inpatient psych that we just discussed. Great. And it includes SNFs, right? And and SNFs also will see an increase next year. But more importantly, the sector saw a win on the PDPM case mix adjustments. What did CMS ultimately decide on applying those adjustments? And can you also provide an overview of the final rule impacting SNFs for next year? Yeah, that's right, Jackie. The SNF final rule will also go into an effect October 1 of this year. And you're right, the final rule was a huge win for SNFs. In the proposed rule, CMS determined that as a result of the change to PDPM, Medicare payments increased 4.6%, and the agency wanted to reduce rates the entire amount, all in fiscal year 23. You can sometimes hear um, CMS and other stakeholders refer to this as a behavioral adjustment. After listening to stakeholders during the comment period, CMS decided it would still take the 4.6% behavioral adjustment, but it would phase in the reduction over two years. Because of the phase in and the large increase in the SIF market basket, as we discussed when we talked about hospice, ERFs, and inpatient psych, the final SNF rates will increase 2.7% instead of the 0.7% decrease that was expected in the proposed rule. Since the behavioral adjustment will be phased in, we at Farragut expect more downward pressure in FY 2024 of 2.3% which would finish the phase in of the behavioral adjustment. Thanks for that. And and the details, obviously, we can discuss with clients if they have any questions about how this adjustment is applied and the impact on SNF providers. So let's move along to home health. We've had a lot of conversations with investors about the proposed rule, which included permanent and temporary adjustments related to PDGM. Can you touch on what CMS proposed? And what are we advising our clients on what we anticipate for the final rule and how the SNF final rule can serve as an analog for home health? Sure. In the proposed home health rule, CMS proposed to implement a permanent behavioral adjustment for 2023 and a temporary behavioral adjustment in future rulemaking. The permanent behavioral adjustment will take care of overpayments for 2023 and beyond as a result of the change to PDGM. CMS determined that standardized base payments should be reduced 7.69%. As for the temporary adjustment, CMS also calculated how much Medicare overpaid providers in 2020 and 2021. Under their methodology, CMS determined that Medicare overpaid $900 million to home health agencies in 2020 and $1.1 billion in 2021. CMS believes a temporary adjustment of $2 billion is necessary to remove the overpayments from 2020 and 2021. But CMS hasn't proposed any downward pressure on the temporary adjustment side, just that it promises to take it in future rulemaking. This is a large adjustment for home health agencies for 2023. The adjustment is 7.6% to base rates, 
However, what folks might have read in the rule, the resulting revenue change is about 6.9%. Because of what CMS did in the SNF final rule, we expect that in the home health final rule, we will see some sort of phase in. We likely will see them do something similar, a two-year phase in of the permanent adjustment. However, we do not believe that the home health industry will be satisfied with a two-year phase-in of the permanent adjustment. Therefore, we believe that home health stakeholders will lobby Congress for either a three- or four-year phase-in of the behavioral adjustment. Home health lobbyists have been very successful in the past of getting the attention of Congress and getting congressional intervention on their behalf on some of these major payment changes. We do expect home health stakeholders will lobby Congress, and we do expect some mitigation from Congress in the end-of-year Medicare legislation that we believe must be passed before the end of the year. So what we are advising stakeholders is that while we do expect CMS will make a finalized rule that will be a little bit better than the proposed, so a two-year phase-in of that permanent adjustment, we don't think it will end there. We do believe and expect congressional intervention before the end of the year. So that is something to look forward to in the lane duck session. And as a reminder, the home health rule is on the calendar year, so it will go into effect January 1st, 2023. That's right. And that's what gives stakeholders an extra time to lobby Congress for some changes. Stakeholders will have all of Q4 of 2022 to lobby Congress in order to get more mitigating policies before January 1, 2023. Thanks for that outline. And so always confusing a little bit because uh, everyone thinks that SNFs and home health Uh, are similar, but do sit on different schedules in terms of implementing rulemaking. So we just want to make that clear to folks. We also want to share with the audience that Farragut will be introducing a new home health data analytics product that we will be discussing and sharing with clients in terms of the details related to the output as well as data that, that we're working with our colleagues at McDermott Plus Consulting to put together analysis of various markets, market saturation, Medicare Advantage participation, as well as specific home health agency profiles so that investors can get an understanding of supply and demand as well as other impacts to the sector. So Hope, thanks very much for this outline. Clients can reach out to us on any of these questions related to state budgets and the material investments into healthcare that these states are making, particularly the ones that we call out on the note that we shared with everyone in July. And please look out for analysis of the home health final rule, which should be coming out around Halloween, um, but we'll 
likely put out a preview of what we anticipate to be included in the final rule. Thanks, Hope, for outlining these issues. And we look forward to connecting with clients on any questions that they may have on any of these issues, as well as other healthcare services opportunities that come across your desk. We look forward to connecting with everyone on another podcast. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Hope. That was an excellent update. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Hopefully, we'll see you all again soon at our uh, HPE conference in New York, which is coming up the uh, at the end of the week of October 17th. Otherwise, we will see you out and about on the conference circuit. Also, if you'd like to join us, we are doing a home health focused webinar coming up for the end of the month, and that will be held on October 27th. It'd be very informative. Hope you can join us. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll talk again real soon. This material is for general information purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice or any other advice on any specific facts or circumstances. No one should act or refrain from acting based upon any information herein without seeking professional legal advice. McDermott, Will & Emery makes no warranties, representations, or claims of any kind concerning the content herein. McDermott and the contributing presenters or authors expressly disclaim all liability to any person in respect of consequences of anything done or not done in reliance upon the use of contents included herein. Copyright 2022, McDermott, Will & Emery. All rights reserved. Any use of these materials, including reproduction, modification, distribution, or republication, without the prior written consent of McDermott is strictly prohibited. This may be considered attorney advertising. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome.